Welcome to the panel. I'm your host, Manuel Myers, and today's episode is entitled Things I Wish I Knew About Health. And today on our panel, we have Ore, who's a clinical pharmacist. We also have Chinadam, who's a mental health advocate, and Andrea, who's a well-being mentor and coach. My name's Ore, um, and I'm a clinical pharmacist by profession. Um, and on the side, I um, share my health and wellness journey um, on social media. So basically, just to encourage and kind of guide people through um, ways in which they can get healthier and live healthier and stuff. Awesome. Chinidum? Hi, my name is Chinidum. By profession, I work as a uh, finance manager. Um, I also um, work with a number of young people in various organisations, both uh, charitable and in their work sectors talking about uh, mental health and um, sharing my story, I suppose, and helping them pick up tips to kind of get through and encourage others to um, get better mental health, I suppose. So, yeah. Brilliant. And Andrea? Hi, um, I'm Andrea. I'm by profession, I'm a secondary school teacher and I was diagnosed with mental health illness myself and used fitness as a way to manage my illness. As a result, I'm a British champion bodybuilder and I've set up my own organisation where I educate and empower young people about the benefits and importance of physical and mental health. Great. <coughs> so there you have it, that's our panel. Alright, from someone that works in the healthcare system, what do you think is the, is the biggest challenges in the role that you're currently in? Um, I think it's so funny because I was, was kind of sharing about this on my um, social media yesterday. Um, for me, it's the kind of, I don't want to say frustration out of just being, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not patient with people, um, but it's kind of seeing people who are so dependent on the healthcare system and so dependent on drugs to live, but they refuse to make changes in their lifestyle. So I have people who will um, get upset and cry because their blood pressure tablets are not ready, but they're not exercising or taking a five-minute walk at home or, you know, they're not even, they don't know what a cabbage is or, you know, what a cucumber is. They don't eat healthy food. You know, they will still stand outside their chip, chip shop on a Friday night and buy their whole family chips, but you're screaming at me and a chemist because I don't have your tablets. And I think that's what frustrates me more. Thank you, Ori. And we had a question that has come in online. Can you achieve the body that you want without surgery? So guys, can you achieve the body you want without surgery? So I'm gonna start with Andrea for this one, yes. <laughs> I'm living proof that you can. So when I first started, I, I wouldn't say I didn't have the body that I wanted, but I didn't have this body. And I've achieved it naturally from hard work, good food, eating right, um, and working out hard. I'm always doing it, I'm here, there and everywhere. And I, with what I do with the bodybuilding, I have to eat specific, specific foods, healthy foods, mm. regular, you know, six meals a day. And that does take time, but I, I have a rice cooker. I have a, <laughs> um, a hob, everything's got timers. Yeah. So I put it on, I'll leave it and it's cooked. I always say this, if you don't have a passion for it, you won't do it. You, you, you just want, like, you My passion is my life. Their passion is their yeah. life. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, yeah. That. They don't under, until, and I say this all the time, um, like, on my social media, until you get to a point where something serious happens to you, mm. then you're like, oh, wait, I need to actually take this seriously. We take health for granted. We think, I'm going to be here every day. We think, oh, because I'm, and I, I say this especially to, because I have, you know, a young following or whatever, you know, they're, they're like teenagers and in their early 20s or whatever. And I'm just like, 
you think diabetes starts at 60? No, it starts now. It starts from, and uh, you know, I speak to myself when I say this, I love Harry Bowes. I, I always talk about Harry Bowes <laughs> all the time. But literally, I, I, I say to myself, all right, you pick up one more bag of Harry Bowes and you are sowing seeds into your future. Mm. So it doesn't start at 60, it doesn't start at 70, it starts at 15, it starts at 25. So until you understand that, and until you start to develop a passion for, I need to live long, I need to be better, you know, then you just won't, you'll just find an excuse all the time, you know, I've got work, oh, but after work I've got this, I've got that. Sorry, I had to just readdress that question, but going back <laughs> no to problem, the, the original no question, problem. yeah, now you can achieve your ultimate body, mm. your ultimate self, just by working out hard and being consistent and not giving up, and it doesn't happen overnight, and yes, you will, you know, all the sweat, all the tears, but it will be worth it in the long run. But what happens now is that this this age, they want everything just instantaneously. If it's just, yeah, the microwave age, it's just gotta be ready. I go into the gym, what's happened? Nothing hasn't, I've been going for four weeks, but how many times a week do you go? Oh, once a week, <laughs> that, okay, we need to step it up a bit. Cause, like but, <laughs> yeah, but how do you look like that? All right, I go to the gym every day. Like you say, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I make it a I make it a lifestyle. Mm. These stars that are having surgery and quick fixes, they've got the money to do that. Mm. Half of these people that want to do that, they go in the shortcut way, and then mm. you know, some of them are called. It's called taking their life. Yeah. So, I just think that working out and my pictures are to prove that you're like oh, where did you get your glutes i say glutes the, the proper terminology <laughs> you know i worked hard for them <laughs> you, know, you know so everything that uh, how i look and how i became the british champion is because i worked hard congratulations on your thank title you, as well thank you you know keep you know i mean pump some weights for me while you're at it as well <laughs> literally um i wanted to say to you do you think um people are looking at celebrities as more of role models so they're looking for the quick fix in that sense but not actually looking at the long-term damage that that can possibly cause definitely um, so and i'm going to give everyone else a chance I just, but i've just got an example yes. for this so mm -hmm. i am a fitness mentor for young people yeah. and one of the young people that i went to mentor she said oh i want to i want a bum like kim kardashian okay okay First of all, that's not going to happen. One, you don't have Kim Kardashian money. Two, you just, it's just, do you think, you that know, realistic realistically, yeah. I'm not here to do that. And I showed her a picture of mine. You know, this is reality. This is real. It's like, wow, okay. Then she wanted to work out. She was happy with those, you know, with what I had done with myself. And yes, I've got a six pack. So yeah, the stars do play, unfortunately, a big role and they're not always a positive role. For me, again, it's the frustration because, um, like, I used to be six stone heavier than I am now, and like a lot of, a lot of work, as Andrew said, and effort and tears and just consistency, determination has gone into it. And then you see people who do surgery, and then they're like, "Hey guys, I'm here doing goblet squats, or I'm here doing like Bulgarian." And I'm just like, okay, like it's not fair on people who have actually done the work because at the end of the day. Um, you can't maintain that lifestyle in the sense that you haven't. I always tell people, the things I've learned from losing my weight are going to be forever. Me getting, going into a theatre and having surgery, I have learned nothing. At the end of the day, like, you can achieve what you want if you work hard. You can achieve what you want if you're determined. Anything that you get quickly is, is, is going to go the other way quickly. 
So when people say, oh, I've been going, because I, I get those messages, the DMs all the time, like, all right, I've been going to the gym for like four weeks and like I haven't seen any changes. Well, girl, I've been going for five years, okay? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and that's a long time. And in those five years, I haven't just learned, um, I haven't just achieved, you know, the body that I have now, but I've also learned so much about myself. I've learned what determination is. I've learned that discipline is not always going to get me to the gym in the morning. Commitment. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. I've, I've learned that, you know, I've learned foods that I like eating and foods that I don't like eating. I've learned to make healthy food the way I want to make it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you don't, you won't learn that stuff. You go and have surgery and you'll still be eating McDonald's. You go and have surgery and you'll still be down in a bottle of Coke every night. Do you know what I mean? So. It's possible, but you have to be determined to not be lazy. And celebrities play a huge role in this. Kim Kardashian, her body is questionable because if you're training your glutes, how are your legs? You can't have slim legs and big glutes. Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't, like they, they, they run by, it's the same, like they're connected. So there's so no way, there's no way that the glutes are big, but the thighs are, it just doesn't make sense. I understand, um, yeah. And in the same sense, I can't have a Kim Kardashian body. I can't have um, a Khloe Kardashian body because that's just not how I'm framed. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's different. I can't go, even when people say, oh, what's your goal? Oh, my goal is to look like, I don't know, Amber Rose. Okay, but do you have Amber Rose jeans? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what Amber Rose family jeans are? You can't, you can't aim to be somebody, be yourself and train to be where you want yourself to be at. It's possible, but hard work and determination is definitely what it's going to be. Thank you, Ari. When those questions kind of come to me, I like to ask the question, what's the end goal? You want to build a body like, I don't know, um, I don't know, Floyd Mayweather or something like that, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but what's the end goal? Is it to feel better about yourself? Yeah. Is it to show other people that you're very strong? what's the heart behind mm, your request and often at least people stumped they're like um actually i'm not too sure um which is also <laughs> quite interesting it then makes you think coming back to your question of you know surgery versus the hard work um what you two have very rightly mentioned in both of your um testaments today is doing the work teaches you life lessons that you won't get through just spending the money and getting the surgery, like discipline, like organization, like dealing with disappointment on days when the workouts aren't that good, like um, dealing with disappointing others. So friends who um, were there because you were always there with them, but suddenly, oh, you work out all the time. Sorry, I can't hang out with you anymore. So you could even argue, or you could ask the question back to the person who wants to get surgery. Are you avoiding gaining life skills? Are you avoiding the chance to grow as a person in terms of your character? Um, both are required. You do need to work out and be physically strong in your hair, you know, get better. <laughs> but there's also the aspects of what about your mind? What about your heart? Are those aspects of your health? growing as well and that's what i would put to someone asking that question like is your head and your heart in the same place yeah do you feel that 
the reason why people use surgery as an option is because it is an option, it's, it, it's available, it's there. As long as you have the money, you can get it done. So do you think that, as I said, with social media being a huge influence nowadays, what do you, how would we tackle something like that? Do you think also that starts in the household or, you know, where does that start, you know? I think it starts with yourself because, like, social media is always going to be there now. So it's yeah. going to be there all the time. And I think that you're always going to see someone who's better than you. But if you, until you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm happy with me and I'm not going to compare myself to anyone else and I don't want to be anyone else but a better version of me, yeah. until you get to that point yourself, um, you always have this whole battle of let me do this, that person's doing that and that person looks like that, so let me look like that. Do you know what I mean? So it starts with the individual. Um, and maybe, you know, for the younger generation, it will be at home as well, because home is like a big part of their life. Do you know what I mean? Because they're going to go to school and they're going to have friends who are insecure or they're going to have friends who social media is like everything to them. So their friends will be kind of encouraging them to compare themselves or let's do this, let's, let's go in like peer pressure, you know, like that's, that's a big thing. So for younger people, it might be home training, you know, making sure their parents are you know, encouraging them or giving them that confidence that they need. If you don't have that, you always have this battle with, should I get surgery? Should I, you know, change my name? Should I get a different hairstyle because that person's social media has it or whatever? So, yeah, the individual, but also, I guess, your community that you have around you is something that needs to be, something needs to be shifted there in order for you to see the change. Many people are opting for meat and dairy-free diets. But is veganism really the way forward? So I want to start with you, Ori. <laughs> okay. Um, I am not a vegan, and I've never tried it before. I've never... I like chicken. I just... I'm in love with, like, <laughs> meat. So I don't think it's something I could do. Whatever style of eating that you choose, I would say make sure that it's what fits you. A lot of people are doing all these things because others are doing it. So it's like, oh, this person's doing the vegan diet, so I'm going to do it. Well, this person's doing keto, so I'm going to do it. Um, so we're jumping on all these ways, but we're not actually thinking, in the long run, can I do it? So for me personally, the, the way that I've chosen to eat um, is a way that works for me. So I'm generally a low-carb person. I, you know, if I do eat carbs, it would be more you know, complex stuff. So I would I'll pick sweet potatoes you know, over white potatoes. I would pick um, quinoa or bulgari or whatever over like the you know, classic rice. That's just the way I've chosen to eat, and that works for me. Um, in the long run. So it didn't just work for me in my initial weight loss phase, it now works for me lifelong. Thank you. And Chinadam? I like what you actually said. I like the fact that you were very honest about it as well. Um, for me, I also love chicken. I really, um, yeah. So we've established yeah. that veganism is definitely <laughs> on the cards, guys. Definitely. Wait, actually, we haven't heard Andrea yet. Yeah, carry <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel that it is um, as much a choice as it is the type of foods that you have a kind of lean towards. Um, I'd say, personally, it wouldn't be for me, I'd say, in answering the question, is it the way forward? I then ask the question, do you just want to do what other people are doing? Or do you want to make a choice for your own self, for your own well-being? I go back to my first question from the beginning of this talk. What is your goal? What do you want to do? What is your head and heart in the right place? <laughs> is your head and heart yes. in the right place? I'd say eat what you know to be healthy and fits in line with your lifestyle that you can do regularly. Because mm -hmm. if you try and tack yourself onto a fad, 
it's very likely that you might not be able to continue it. And ultimately, in order to reach a goal, it needs to be something that you can keep constant. So that's what I'd say. Thank you. And Andrea? Should I go with the... <laughs> with the <laughs> yeah, I love chicken myself. <laughs> and despite what everyone said, because, you know, being a bodybuilder and doing what I do, like, oh, do you like salads? You know, go out, oh, there's salad here. I hate salad. <laughs> so please don't give me the salad bowl. Trust me, like, I'm, and I'm, I'm with you on that one. Definitely, salad is definitely not I my couldn't thing. be a vegan because I have this love, hate, and more of a hate with vegetables. So if I need to eat them, I will. But I also have, like, uh, eating disorders where I can't, and this is quite serious, actually, that certain foods I just can't eat. At certain times, it's just, I don't know. Your system just doesn't break it down. Well. Not, even, not even my system, my, my head, I just can't do it. Oh, so yeah, there's like a mental barrier. Mental there, barrier yeah. about it. So I even done a post one day, like, veg was actually making me cry. But I knew I had to eat it, but it literally put, sent, put me in tears mm. of the thought of having to eat veg. So me to become a vegan, is, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work for me. <laughs> Somehow, this is something that you need to maintain. Your health needs to be maintained, 365 days of the year, not just because you're going on a holiday. You know, and same with the foods. If you know you can't maintain certain foods, then don't do it. I I can actually. I love doing keto, but there are other people that I know, especially in, in what I do, bodybuilding, that can't do keto. And people who who are on double the amount of calories that I'm on, but everybody's everybody's. Di my point is everybody's different. So mm. don't base what I do on what you want to do because it may not work. Yeah, I might like the idea of vegan, but like I said, me and veg don't 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 agree sometimes. So. So I have a um, I call her my clinical PT because she's a personal trainer, but she's um, also a clinician, and she was talking to me about the keto diet and how. People, a lot of people are doing it now, a lot of people. And yes, it works for a lot of people. Um, but she's like, actually, these people are not thinking about their liver and the effects that all that fat has on your liver. So it, it, yes, it does work in terms of like getting to your weight loss goal. And I think I definitely think that it's, it's a healthy style of eating. However, go and get your GP to test out what your organs are saying and whether they can hack that. Because I can't wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to do keto for the rest of my life. Are my kidneys working well enough? Is my liver working well enough? Because you need to remember that these are the organs that are going to have to process that food after you eat it. It's the same with like, oh, I want to do low carb, but do I, do I have enough energy? It's, I, I feel like um, it's something that I was talking about on my social media as well. So you want to do low carb, but you want to run a marathon the next morning, but you haven't eaten any carb, so you've got no energy to do that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, what's my body saying that it needs? What do, I, what does my, what do my organs require? And that might be what my organs require is going to be different from what Andrew's, you know, require. So I can't necessarily jump on it because somebody else is jumping on it. I need to know how my system is functioning first. Wise words, Ori. Thank you. Um, so someone in the audience has a question. How can people of faith balance spiritual and natural approaches to mental health? Panelists, let's start from the right. So Andrea coming down to Chinadam and coming down to Ori. <laughs> So we were having this conversation earlier. Um, how can people of faith? So my personal thing is, I agree totally with you know prayer helps to heal and so on and so forth. However, what I my response is, 
if you've got a broken limb, you can't just pray. Prayer can't fix it. You need to have medical attention. Agreed. Agreed. So a mental health illness is the, the broken limb that you can't see. And it needs medical, it will need medical attention. And this is a difficult question, depending on how deep you want to go with this, because mm. it's, um, so yeah, that my whole point is, yes, prayer, we can, you know, have the community pray for us or have the community come and, you know, have our sessions or whatever that, what happens, but we still need to ensure that we're having medical attention and we're not, hindering the person who needs the help from getting the help that they need to get because of faith or their religion or whatever background that they come from. Much appreciated. And Um So personally, I am a Christian, so um, I'll probably approach the question based on my upbringing and how that kind of plays into this question. So for me, um, I personally believe that, you know, I have a body, we all have bodies, and that we are spirits and that we have a soul which is divided into our intellect and our emotions and our will, our desire to do. Um, I also believe that we are in a world, um, it has resources, it has things that we can access. And with this question, it needs to be approached using each of those facets, the physical, the spiritual, the mental and emotional. All of these things we have and all of these things, we have responsibility for maintaining using all of those partitions. One can't really exist without the other. You can't have the body roaming around without the mind, in the same way the mind needs the body in order to interact with other people in this world. Therefore, it's up to us to use both the spiritual resource that we have um, in terms of, as you mentioned, prayer and things like that, but also the physical, which might also involve either medication or even just communicating with people around you about the issues that you go through, having a support network, being able to speak to a trusted friend and where you don't have a trusted friend, maybe perhaps contacting the um, NHS and seeing whether you might be able to access counselling. Um, but actually seeking that physical support, there needs to be a balance of both things because where you have people who may class themselves as very, very, very spiritual, there may be an imbalance where the focus is on solely that aspect, not realizing that they're interacting with the very physical world and that the resources might be there to help them restore a sense of equilibrium, whereas there might be the person on the complete other side of the spectrum who is solely quite physical and dependent on um, things such as uh, drugs and medication to restore their biochemical balance, so their hormones and different chemicals within the body that might make them feel calmer without actually dealing with the painful emotional and mental issues that are at the heart of their bodily response. So I'd say that a balance is absolutely required. We were speaking about this earlier, and I did say, um, Individuals are like a pyramid. If you divide a pyramid into sections, so let's divide a pyramid into five different sections, let's say. And uh, if we're gonna fill those sections with needs, and if one of those needs are not particularly met, then an individual becomes stagnant or, you know, they just, 
become stationary. Yeah, so I just wanted to say, what advice can you give to someone that's actually, you know, currently in a position where they're like calling out, crying out for help? Like, how did you step over your hurdles? Um, one, like you said, having that conversation. Mm. And I think that having a conversation is a big thing. And now that I do a lot of speaking um, engagements and talking about my, my lived experience, each time I do it, even just like today, each time I do it, I feel like it's, it's, it's therapy for me. I'm getting better each time and I, because I know that I'm actually helping somebody else, which is also a feel-good factor, which raises your endorphins. Um, going to the gym helped me. But like I said, this week, even today, I um, done an Instagram post about going through issues that I'm actually currently going through and having that positive and negative side of me and the negative is pre-2015 where everything that I'm going through right now it's the worst thing ever and I can't get over this and my life is you know just at zero but then I've got the positive side of me which is no Andrea you've been through this you've been through worse you've got through it you're here you're helping other people so I'm constantly having this battle with myself but I'm glad to say that the positive side is winning because I've learned how to deal with things. I've learned how to communicate. I have um, a communication network that I can, like a friend, my friends are there for me to pick up the phone and say, do you know what? I feel like I'm crumbling right now. And that's what I believe has really helped me, aside from obviously going to the gym and um, cutting out certain things like I used to drink heavily like to the point it was just really ridiculous and I've I stopped that now um so just knowing my triggers as well we spoke about that as well knowing your triggers and knowing that okay if this trigger happens what do you do so that whole step of if that link is missing from that pyramid how do I if that link is if that triggers tri being triggered what do I do now because that effectively that pyramid now that section of the pyramid is missing and now that pyramid could all fall down yeah. but how do i maintain that pyramid and me knowing how to cope with that that trigger when it's been set off yeah. is how i can all right let's step over that and let's go to another section of the pyramid yeah. and that's what i've learned to do over the years and i'm it, it brings a joy to me because it's like you know what i've done this I can do this, hence why I've set up my organisation to really help other people, especially young people, to say, okay, you've gone through this hurdle, or you're going through this hurdle, uh, how do you jump it now? Hmm. Instead of trying to walk into it and mash yourself up, how do you jump over that hurdle to get to the next hurdle and to keep w to win that race? Hmm. And it takes time, and it goes back to us saying about the whole keep fit. Hmm. We want the microwave quick fix. But no, it, it does actually take time. So my advice to other people would be have someone that you can have a non-judgmental conversation with. Um, know your triggers. Know how to deal with your triggers. Even though you know them, how are you going to deal with them? And, you know, have conversations with yourself. You know, with, sometimes I'll even just on my phone have a that voice note myself so that I'm... If I'm angry or if I'm upset, just to speak and do a, maybe even do a little short video. I don't need to publish it. It's just so that I've vented and I've and I've said what I've had to say, because it's just when it's stuck in your head, that's when it gets all cloudy and that's when you get, you get confused about 
the situation's a lot worse. But once it's out, you think, okay, <laughs> and you might even listen back to what you've recorded, you think, what was your problem, Andrea? Really? <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> you know, so I think just getting things out, if it's writing, whatever the case may be. Like another example I have, if I'm going through money issues, I think, no, I can't meet this bill. But then I write it out, I think, oh, I've got money to even buy a pair of shoes or something <laughs> afterwards. So it's a lot worse when you're thinking about it and you're going through it in your head because you're thinking and you're thinking about lots of other things as well on top. But if you just get that one thing out, you realise it's really not as bad as you think it is. So yeah, that's Thank my you. Yeah. Absolutely valuable <laughs> advice sure. over there. If you don't speak up, people will, and we live in an age where, you know, we've got all these filters now. Everyone's smiling on Instagram but crying behind the camera. Like I can pretend to be a happy person and, you know, I could be good, I could be at home, you know, hurting myself or, you know, crying mm -hmm. and depressed and stuff and nobody will know because now what we do and all of us do it, you know, you look at your friend's Instagram page and they're smiling in their selfie. So you're like, she's happy, she's fine. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to investigate. I'm not going to try and find out what's wrong with you because to me, you seem fine. So covering up and not speaking up about it and, and, and it just leads to self-destruction. As you said, like people just continue to bottle things up. With myself, I can only speak of myself. I used to have, I call it the I'm fine face. Mm. So I'll go out and I, you know, I look fine. <laughs> as I do, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry, and, <laughs> and no one, you know, you're fine, why are you off work? There's nothing wrong with you. Like, the thing I had was, I was on long-term sick leave, and I was going to the gym, and obviously, I, not, not obviously, well, to, my, to me, I couldn't be happy and going, and be on long-term sick leave, because having a mental health illness means that you must be sad. Mm. And yes. so once I was in the gym, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then because yeah. I didn't look down and out, and this whole people have this this view that if you've got a med, if you if you've got mental health, you should be sitting there rocking, and you mm. can't have a smile on your face. And you, yeah. this is I'm not even joking. Yeah. You know, you should you shouldn't have a smile on your face. You shouldn't look decent. Your clothes should be dirty. You should look like mm. you haven't washed for a week. Mm. Because of this yeah, exactly. Society is now assigned to people yeah. in the mental health community. Yeah, and like, how are you driving? Why are you driving that car? It's like, because they don't have an understanding of what mental health is. They this think is mental health is schizophrenia, crazy people running. But mental health is anxiety. Mental health is depression or low moods. Mental health is anything that could be as small as like, you know, paranoia. You're looking at me, so I'm 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 paranoid that you're talking about me. And I could be a normal person just sitting down doing normal things great job you know great house great family but i have this mental health issue thank you guys so the panel has its own street team and our street team has been out to the public asking them questions on selected topics so we're going to hear what one of the members of the public had to ask the panel what's the best way to support someone with mental health issues so panelists you heard it what's the best way to support someone with mental health issues Oh, no one's looking at me. <laughs> um, from someone who's obviously been diagnosed with a mental health issue, I would say um, the best thing would be to find someone you can have a non-judgmental conversation with, first and foremost. Someone that you feel safe to talk to. Someone that will listen. Because sometimes you just want someone to just listen and you don't always have to have a response because there's some things that you just can't respond to. There's some things that someone just might not have the answers to. And it's just that you just need to get things off your chest and just to say, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm actually going through. Um, 
and also someone who's not afraid to ask the question, are you having suicidal thoughts as well? Because that's something else I need to bring into the mix because that is a question that in some cases of mental health issues, maybe some people may be having suicidal thoughts and there's a lot of people that don't know how to ask that question and as we're talking about you know, mental health issues, I think it's good to just put out there that if you are having that conversation with somebody and you do feel, think that they are having suicidal thoughts, don't beat around the bush, don't ask them, are you having silly thoughts? Are you thinking about, you know, what is you know, what is silly thoughts? Mm-hmm. Come out and say direct, are you having suicidal thoughts? You're not going to be putting anything into their head if they haven't already thought about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're not going to be stirring up anything. You're probably just going to make that other person feel more relieved about the fact that well, at last someone's asked me that question. So those are the, the two things that I would just suggest. So the question was how best to support somebody with mental health. And I think that for the person who is the supportee, that an open-mindedness is really required. So even to challenge their own thoughts, to ask the question of help me understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. talk to me, be clear. I might have some prejudices or biases about this whole thing, but I really want to help you, so help me understand and help me to break those down. I think open-mindedness is really key as a supportee and it will really help that person to help somebody going through mental issues on their journey to recovery. Don't just see your perceived immunity to mental health as just your issue, but also take into account those who are in, in your care and the things in your responsibility because you dealing with you helps you to support other people. So please deal with you so that you can continue to support those in your care. Yeah, and just to touch on that, going from my own issues, like I've got a son who's currently, he's 21, but at the time he was uh, a few years younger, obviously. Um, and not only did it affect me, it, affects, it affected him. So when I was coming home after I've took, taken off my I'm fine mask, He's, you know, bearing the brunt of my angriness. He's bearing the brunt of me just crying. He's mm. bearing the brunt of me just locked in my room. And certain things have happened as a result of what has happened in the house, um, which is a whole nother programme. But, um, yeah, like you say, it just doesn't affect the person that has been diagnosed. It does affect a lot of people. Last but not least, what are your three top tips when it comes to health? Focus on creating your ultimate self. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe whatever you're doing, if you make it fit around your lifestyle, that's when it starts to work. And the third thing is just find, just communicate, communication. So focus on creating your ultimate self, making it whatever you do a lifestyle and having the correct communication, like having that non-judgmental com- conversation. Keep a diary. Um, review what you know, this has happened for you in a day, and actually like, talk to yourself, either through a page or even looking at a mirror and saying, actually, I felt good about that, I felt bad about that, I'm thankful for. These are the kind of things that um, would really help in terms of keeping a diary. Second, I would say um, have either a support network or someone who can help you paddle through the choppy waters, is how I'm going to describe it, because Sometimes five people help. Sometimes you just need the one. 
you know. And last but not least, I'd say don't give up on the process because it is a process. And there are some days where you may feel great. There are some days where you may feel low. But all of that, those are building blocks. Commit to both phases, the highs and the lows, and that's how your mountain gets built. And Ari? I like the six that they said. I really oh, like, yeah, love them. I would say um, health starts inside and works its way out. So my mind is what's the most important. That's what's first. So my mind first, and that's what I need to focus on, making healthy. Second thing is nobody's ever going to be me, and I will never be anyone else. Mm. Because we always try to compare ourselves in everything, and that's not healthy. So I can't be person A, and person A cannot be Aura. So I, I'm, I'm going to be me, and I have to work to find the best me, as um, mm. Andrew said. Um, and the last thing is, like, without health, there is no life, obviously. So, again, I need to make sure I'm doing the things to remain healthy in order for me to live. I can't put my health, you know, my physical activities, my eating clean on hold because I need to live life. Because you can't, there will come a point where you can't live life if you don't have those things. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you all. Absolutely valuable advice from the panel today. I'll be taking home a majority of the information that you've provided today home with myself. So where can we find you guys? What's your info? So we're going to start with Andrea. Um, we need your company's name, social media, all the rest of it, you know. My website is Andrea Corbett with two T's. You can Google me as well. Yeah, <laughs> Andrea Corbett, the bodybuilder, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> and my company is um, Focus CIC, so focus on creating your ultimate self, community interest company. Um, yeah, just if you go via Andrea Corbett, you can get all my social media via, via there. Thank you. And Chinadam? So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Instagram. I call myself Chinstagram, basically. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where you find out um, where you find out um, about everything I talk about, really, like health, life, work, music. Um, also, um, I have a company called uh, Peregrine Recruitment. So it's a company focused on helping both students and new job seekers take their next step in career or academia. And it's really targeted at empowering people to take the next step in their life, whatever it might be, but empowering them to take it and to attack it with everything they've got. They've got. Thank you. And Ori? Um, so my Instagram is at Ori Superstar. So that's superstar, as in superstar. So S-U-P-A-S-T-A. Um, and yeah, basically on there, I basically share my personal journey, encourage people, guide them through um, what it is they need to do in order for them to either lose weight, maintain their weight, um, or um, just be healthy overall. Um, I run an accountability program to help people who want to lose weight, um, mainly, but also people who just want to live a healthy life. So you can find all of that um, at RS Superstar on Instagram. And make sure to check out her book, and Purpose to Passion, and you can find it on Amazon Kindle as well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask the Panel. Don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe.